Welcome to Ready, Set, Retirement Podcast. My name is Derek Glenser. I'm a certified financial planner with Raymond James and your intrepid host. Expect straight talk about retirement and financial planning, discussing the issues that matter most for you, your family, and your future. Be sure to listen to the whole show to hear the hot tips sprinkled throughout. So as Marvin Gaye once said, let's get it on. Welcome. Today's episode, we're going to talk about RSUs, or Restricted Stock Units, how they differ from non-qualified stock options, or SARs, Stock Accumulation Rights. We will also look at how they are taxed and the benefits to each. Non-qualified stock options used to be the most common form of stock compensation. But in recent years, many companies have begun to transition to RSUs. Non-qualified stock options typically vest over a period of time and have a strike price that you would pay in order to purchase the share. The strike price to justify their purchase or actually exercising the option should be lower than the market price. And if you have the cash, you can buy them outright or most companies allow for a cashless exercise. This allows you to purchase your shares without needing a chunk of money to use to pay for the shares. Instead, a portion of the shares you receive are immediately sold, and the difference between the current price and the strike price you pay per stock are used to pay for the rest of your purchase. In doing this, you will end up retaining less shares than actually exercised. With RSUs, or Restricted Stock Units, the strike price is basically zero, and you have no control over when you become the owner of your employer shares. As shares vest with RSUs, you automatically receive the stock compensation. The vesting could be triggered by stock performance or a specific time period. So how are you taxed? Both taxable portions of non-qualified stock options, which I will describe in a moment, and restricted stock units are taxed as ordinary income. That means they are subject to federal, state, Social Security, and Medicare taxes. For non-qualified stock options, you have to pay ordinary income tax on the bargain element. For example, if you are allowed to buy 100 shares at $10 per share, but the market price is $20 per share, you will pay income tax on the difference between the market price of $20 and the strike price of $10, which is multiplied by the amount of shares, 100 in this case, which would equal $1,000 of ordinary income. Once the tax is paid, your cost basis is now the market price when you exercised the options. RSUs are 100% taxable as ordinary income when they vest, based on the strike price. Often people who are awarded RSUs liquidate a portion of the holdings to make up for the additional tax in ordinary income upon their vesting. So what are the benefits? Each have some benefits that the other doesn't. 
Once your NSQOs have vested, you can choose as to whether you will and when you will exercise the options. That is a benefit. This allows you to dictate when and if you will create a taxable event. However, you need to track these and ensure that you exercise them prior to their expiration. Here's a hot tip. Tracking is really important. It makes sense to exercise these when the bargain element is at its lowest. If the stock has appreciated significantly and you didn't exercise, you now have a larger amount of tax to pay on the bargain element. This is where a good financial planner can assist in making a call as to when to exercise these options. As I said earlier, if the stock hasn't performed well and your strike price is higher than the current market value, then you wouldn't likely exercise the options, especially if you can purchase it for less in the open market, which essentially makes the SAR worthless. With RSUs, you are taxed when you receive the shares and those vest either by time or a performance measure. Congratulations. Those shares are now yours. Woohoo! It has also created a taxable event. Whereby you're responsible for the ordinary income tax on that award. Your taxable income is the market value of the shares at vesting. Both RSUs and NSQOs are great problems to have. You should consult your tax preparer to determine the tax implications. In addition, reach out to your financial planner and find out about the impact of holding that asset in your portfolio. The options can lead to a lack of diversification within your portfolio and might not be appropriate investment given your time horizon, risk tolerance, and investment objective. Thank you very much for listening. This has been Ready, Set, Retirement. Again, my name is Derek Glenser. I'm a certified financial planner. If you enjoyed this content, you can book a complimentary consultation via Calendly at calendly.com forward slash DJGCFP or directly through email at Derek.Glenser at RaymondJames.com. I can also be found on social media at LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Thank you very much, and have a great day. Any opinions are those of Derek Glenser and not necessarily those of Raymond James. Expressions of opinion are as of this date and are subject to change without notice. Investing involves risk, and you may incur a profit or loss regardless of strategy selected. Every investor's situation is unique, and you should consider your investment goals, risk tolerance, and time horizon before making any investment. Prior to making an investment decision, please consult with your financial advisor about your individual situation. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc. Member FINRA, SIPC. 
Certified Financial Planner Board of Standards, Inc. owns the certification mark CFP and Certified Financial Planner in the United States, which awards to individuals who successfully complete the CFP Board's initial and ongoing certification requirements.